Hi, welcome to the Victorious Life TV broadcast. I'm Lisa Boldo, and it's an honor and a pleasure to be here with you tonight. In the broadcast, I'm going to be talking about being strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. I believe that this broadcast is going to absolutely bless you tonight. So before I get started, I'm just going to open with a quick prayer. So Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this time together. Lord, I thank you that as I open my mouth tonight, Lord, that you will fill it. And by your spirit, Lord, I just pray that the viewers and those who would watch the replay, Lord, that they will receive your word of truth, Lord, with no error, Lord. Let this be all of you and none of me. And Lord, I pray that this message would sink deep into the hearts of every person watching and who will watch the replay or listen to the podcast or see it on YouTube or wherever they may see or listen, Lord, and that your message will just sink deep into their hearts and you would be glorified, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Welcome, welcome. I see you guys jumping on and it's just wonderful to have you here with me. So again, we're talking about being strong in the Lord and in the power of his might or in his mighty power. So the Lord, I felt really strongly that the Lord wanted me to take you through really kind of a stroll uh, in the book of Ephesians. And it's such a great chapter. You, then again, so is Galatians and Philippians and Corinthians. I mean, they're, they're, this is where we live in the New Testament. So it's just really important. But, you know, it's amazing how um, you can read the word. And as you read the word and you really meditate on it, and by meditate, I mean you really think on it, you ponder it, no matter what you're doing, you you just start, you know, you think about it, you think about it, you think about it, and then God starts giving you revelation, and it's just very, very cool. So, um, and it will transform your life if you let it. You know, don't just read the Bible as just a book. Read it as the living, breathing, living book that it is the word of God and ask the Holy Spirit even as you go to read it just ask the Holy Spirit to make make known to you what whatever he wants to teach you he is our teacher right the Bible says you don't need a man to teach you here's the thing so even if you've got the Spirit of God living in you you don't what's happening is as I'm putting forth the word of truth the spirit in you is resonating with that truth. So I'm just, you know, it doesn't make me anything special. It's just that, you know, I, I just feel like I'm smart enough to let the Holy Spirit speak through me. And then the spirit in you, in you will bear witness to that truth and it can change your life. So glory to God, glory to God. So it's a known fact that whatever you focus on, good or bad, that's the direction that your life is going to go in. So you want to make sure that you are reading the Word of God, listening to the Word of God. Let it sink deep into your heart, again, so that it can literally transform your life. You know, learning the Word of God for yourself is the best investment you will ever make in this lifetime, ever, ever, ever. So, and, you know, teach it to your children. If you don't have children, teach it to your nieces, nephews, grandchildren. Teach it to that next generation. Just anywhere you can pour the wisdom of God 
into them. Okay, so in the book of Ephesians, Paul talks about putting on the whole armor of God. And he talks about things that will help you to overcome the devil in your life, right? Paul wrote the book of Ephesians from um, when he, while he was imprisoned in Rome. And aren't you so glad he did? Thank you, Paul. I'm so glad he did. So the plan of God was always to get the spirit of God into you and me, into his believers, so that we could just, you know, he could fill the whole earth with himself. And so this is the very reason, right? The fact that the spirit of God is in you, is in me. This is the very reason that we can live victoriously on the earth today and that we can overcome every enemy and every obstacle in our lives. So I know that many of you are praying for loved ones. You're praying for your loved ones, that they would know Christ, that they would come to know him, you know, and that their lives would be changed. And in Ephesians chapter one and chapter three, I'm not going to read it to you, but I want you to go there and look at this because Paul prays for others to have spiritual wisdom and understanding so that they would know the love of God, right? I'm telling you, my friend, when you know the love of God, it will change your life. You'll understand he's not mad at you. He just wants to help you, right? People blame God all the time for things that the enemy is 100% responsible for. God loved you so much that he sent his only son, right? He thought that your life and my life was worth the death of his son. That's how much God loves you, right? He's not trying to hurt you. He's not trying to withhold anything from you, right? A lot of people don't want to give their lives to Christ because they think they have to stop, you know, doing things that are probably hurting them anyway. You know, God loves the sinner, but he hates the sin. Why? Because sin destroys people and God loves people. Okay. So Paul also talks about how you and I used to live in disobedience, right? Just like the children of the world do right now, right? But now you and I being born again, our spirit has been recreated. We've been made new and alive with Christ. So we need to throw off that old sin nature. He talks about this in Ephesians and put on Christ. How do we put on Christ? We let the spirit of Christ that's in us live through us. That's how we do it, right? So he talks about how Christ united the Jews and the Gentiles. Gentiles meaning non-Jews, right? He made us all into one new man when he hung on the cross, right? He broke down the hostility that was between the Jews and the Gentiles, Right? And he did this by ending the, the system of the law and its requirements. Wow. Right? With its commandments and regulations. And this is in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 14 through 18. I'm not making this up. Right? That's why the, the word of God says that the Lord now that, okay, Jesus gave us two commandments. Right? And on these two commandments, all the other commandments are in them. Love God, love your neighbor as yourself. Because guess what? It's the law of love. And if you love God and you love your neighbor, it's going to be easy to keep all the other commandments, the original ones that were, were written, right, on, on the stone tablets. So, okay. <laughs> so good. 
In Ephesians 3, Paul talks about the mysterious plan revealed, which is Christ in you, Christ in me. God didn't reveal this to previous generations, right? But God, by his Holy Spirit, revealed it to Paul. Jesus didn't even reveal it to the disciples while he walked with them. What he did say to them is, the Holy Spirit is with you now, but later shall be in you. But they didn't even know what that meant. And he didn't elaborate. But he gave the revelation to Paul. And then Paul was chosen, right? Paul says he was chosen to bring this message to the Gentiles, to, the, to everyone. And that's you and me. And oh my gosh, aren't you so glad he did? Right? He says that by God's grace and mighty power, he has been given the privilege of serving God by spreading this good news. How wonderful is that? And just so you know, he says that he serves God, but he's not a servant. He's a son that serves, right? You and I, we're not servants of God today because a servant is, is, doesn't know what their master is doing. We are sons. Okay, I'll get into that a little more. But we've, I said this before, but we've literally been made alive and new in Christ. And Paul talks about how now we are identified as God's own, right? Through Christ. So, you know, I always think of this, like with God, the Father, he knows who are his. And we shine literally, literally from heaven as bright lights here on the earth. God knows that we're his because he knows the Holy Spirit is living in us. And so when you talk about identity, we hear identity, identity so much today. And there's so many that are having uh, identity crisis today, right? They were born, I don't want to get into all that, but seriously, you know, they were born a male, but they want to change to a female or vice versa, right? There's an identity crisis going on. And then aside from that, people just, they don't know who they are. And so they try to be like others. And here's the thing, Christ has identified us. The minute you ask Jesus the second that you ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, guess what? You are now identified as a son of God. You identify with God because you are now in Christ. You are God's child. You are a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You are his, his, his heir. You are his brother, his sister. Jesus is our big brother, but he's also our Lord and Savior. Isn't that awesome? And he is the son of God and we are are sons of God. Okay. And I'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute too. So the good news, right? That Jesus saves and then he gives us his spirit to live in us, <clears throat> not just to be with us, but to be in us. So now we can go and represent Jesus to the world at large everywhere we go. That was God's plan from the beginning that he had to keep secret. And I've said this before because if he didn't keep it secret, secret, then he would have never been crucified. Satan would have been like, oh no, we can't do that, right? Because now we got to deal with millions, potentially billions of Jesuses instead of one, right? Because Christ in us. Oh, glory to God. I hope I'm not going too fast here. Some You guys are liking this. I see a lot of hearts flying. Praise God. So again, what's your identity? You belong to God through Christ, right? If Jesus is your Lord, you are God's child and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Mm. You have inherited all that Jesus has 
right? Everything that he died, but he was resurrected, but everything that he has is yours. It's yours. Mm. And you get to represent him on this earth. That's, that's like the best. And we really, really, really need to get this. We really need to get this. Paul talks about how we need to grow up. We need to grow up into mature sons of Christ. There's no, in Christ, there's no male or female, just Christ. And we're identified with him. So that's why we're called sons of God. God knows if you're a woman, he made you, right? Just like men are identified also as the bride of Christ. Okay. But the word of God calls us sons of God, right? The Holy Spirit is in us because we identify with Christ. Hey, listen, I'm good with that. I am so good with that. There's no identity crisis here. And I know there isn't for you either, right? Comment. No identity crisis. Praise the Lord. I love that. <clears throat> okay. Love this. This is from Galatians 2.20, but it's no longer I that live, but Christ who lives through me. I have been saying that over and over and over because I want it to be so ingrained that everywhere I go, it's not me, but it's him. So that if I see somebody that's sick, boom, I know I have a responsibility to be you know, that crime stopper for the kingdom of God. I need to represent Jesus. What would Jesus have done, right? He, he, he loves people. He wants them to be free. But it's going to be up to you and me because that's why he sent his spirit to live in us so that we can do the same works that he did. And, you know, I'm not yelling at you. I'm just very passionate about this. So I've been saying it over and over because I want it to become as natural as breathing to me. I mean, and, and you know that your words give life to things. So if you say it over and over and over and over and over, eventually it's going to sink in. It's going to become ingrained. Like, I can do this. And it's not even you. It's Christ in you doing it, doing the works, healing that sick person. It's not you doing it, but he needs a vessel, right? We want to be that yielded vessel, just emptied of ourselves, but filled with the Spirit of God so everywhere we go, we lay hands on someone and we speak, bam, right? When your heart, when, I always say this, when you're, when the spirit of God in you and your mind line up, there's nothing that you can do. Line your mind up with the word of God. And then with your spirit, you're going to be in perfect alignment. And if you're sick, your body has to follow suit as well. You know, I want to interject here just for a moment. This past week, I don't know what happened, but starting on Sunday afternoon, I'm telling you, I was hit with something that was crazy. It was absolutely crazy, and I I didn't do anything about it. I was just like, hmm, I don't feel very well. I don't know what's going on. I had this overwhelming sense of, like, exhaustion with a feeling of just, like, malaise, like, like tired and uh, not achy, but almost like a little nauseous and a little lightheaded, like dizzy, like maybe vertigo. And I'm like, what the heck is this, right? So I just relaxed, you know, on Sunday afternoon, I was just like, I need to lay down. Monday afternoon, same thing. Tuesday, same thing. Yesterday was Wednesday and it was the worst. I called my husband in the afternoon and I'm like, you know what? This is ridiculous. And I had like this nauseous kind of, feeling just like all day, but I, not, I didn't throw up or anything, but it was just a horrible feeling and of dizziness. 
And there's been times in the past when I have felt a little bit of that like vertigo symptoms or whatever. And a long time ago, I Googled on YouTube like what to do about that. And so I, I've done it a couple times and then I would take authority and it would just go away. This was a little different though because it just like in the past if I ever felt that I would feel it maybe first thing in the morning and then I'd be fine the whole day and then whatever and it might even last for a little while. Well anyway this was not the same. It was continual. I don't want to belabor this story but anyway so the bottom line is I literally I laid down because um, if any of you are experiencing this you might want to you know do something like this but I laid I, I laid my head, I laid down on the bed, but with my head like over the edge of the bed and, and that will make you dizzy. But it said in this video a long time ago to do that. So, and then I turned my head to the to the left and you keep your eyes open and you count for like 30 seconds and you're totally dizzy. But then, and then I did it the other way. But I, anyway, I felt like it was this side. I'm sorry, I'm like rambling right now. But the bottom line is after I did that, I still didn't feel good, like it didn't go away. So I, I called my husband and I was like, Mike, I'm feeling really weak right now. I feel nauseous. And I said, I need you to agree with me in prayer and just like this thing needs to go in Jesus' name. And the thing is, is I get it. When you don't feel well, sometimes you don't feel strong enough to fight. What you need to do is you need to get another believer on the line with you that will take authority over that thing is you agree with God. And so that's what I did. And then my husband, you know, he prayed over me, came into agreement with me, but he commanded that thing to go in Jesus name. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to lay down. I'm just going to lay down. And I can't say that I felt better, you know, like right away. I didn't. This was probably three o'clock in the afternoon yesterday. And so anyway, I um, <clears throat> I laid down, and then w at dinner time, I did not feel like making dinner, okay? I did not feel like making dinner. I felt awful, but I made dinner. And then as we sat down eating dinner, you know, well, well, we sat down, we prayed, and he took my hand, and just, again, you know, Lord, we thank you for this food. And then he goes, Lord, I thank you that Lisa is healed, that th this thing can't stay. It's got to go right now in Jesus' name. So here's the cool thing. I just kind of, you know, ate a little bit and, you know, he was eating. By the end of the meal, I was like, babe, I feel normal. My energy's back. I was like, woo! I was, and since then, nothing. Completely healed. Today, absolutely 100% normal, fine, golden. So I'm just saying you know what? We came together in agreement and bam, that thing had no choice. It had to go. And I knew that. But at the moment, you know, in that, in that time when I was feeling that, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I, it was like I didn't feel strong enough to like just take authority for myself. But yesterday I did get fed up and I was like, you know what? This thing's just got to go. I called him, babe, you need to agree with me. We need to get this thing gone. And guess what? Gone gone. So I, you know, it reminds me of Jesus speaking to the fig tree, right? It didn't, you didn't see the manifestation right away, but here's the thing. It did happen instantly right away. It just took a little time because it was in motion, right? You speak to it, it was in motion. Okay. Anyway, that was for somebody too. So I just want you to know, we do not have to put up with 
sickness, disease, none of it. We don't have to put up with it. Why I put up with it for three, four days, I don't know. But again, I got fed up and I was like, no, I'm done. This thing's got to go. And, you know, I didn't even ask my husband to pray over me or pray with me the other, the last three days. But it was the worst yesterday. It was awful. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, there was, you know, thoughts come at you. There was a part, a thought in me that was like, should I, like, go to the hospital or something? And then it was like, no, no, I'm, I just need this thing to be gone. Okay. You know, I don't want to say, I mean, if you feel that you need to go to the hospital, don't ever not go to the hospital. God's not going to hold it against you if you go. I'm just telling you what I did. Okay. So I just wanted to be clear on that. All right. All right. Let me keep going here. So I want to represent Jesus everywhere I go. I want to represent him well. Right. And I know that what I speak, I give life to what you speak, you give life to life and death is in the power of the tongue. That's why I keep saying it's no longer I that live, but Christ in me. Christ is in me. Christ in me. Christ in me. And so, you know, in Ephesians 3.10, the word says that God wants to use the church, his body. That's you and me, not the building, right? God wants to use his people, his body, the church. That's you and me, the body of Christ, right? He's the head, we're his body. Ephesians 3.10 says that God wants to use you and me. Christ's body to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places. That means to the wicked ones, right? I, I have to, I got to get into this. All right, let me just keep moving because I, we are running short on time. Okay. Um, hold on. Okay. I'm just trying to, because I want to skip a little bit. Um, our enemies are not, I was trying to find one thing in particular, but anyway, you know what? In Paul, in chapter four, Paul tells us to live a life worthy of your calling, right? That you've been called by God. He says to always be humble and gentle, be patient with other people and make allowances for their faults, right? Through love, right? We all, we all do things wrong sometimes. We don't mean to, you know, probably, but we have faults, right? So we need to be humble and patient and forgiving of each other and merciful. Mm, that's the spirit of God. And he says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, right? Binding yourselves together with peace. So if someone doesn't agree with you, no need to argue. You just speak the truth of God's word and pray that they'll get it. You know, we've got to honor people. And so, you know, it also says that Christ gave gifts to his body, the church. He gave gifts of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But here's the thing. No matter what you do in life, whether you are a mechanic, a cashier, a fisherman, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, what matters is that you learn the truth of God's word so that you know how to lead people to Christ, right? And then you can point them in the direction so that they can grow up in the word of God and mature, right? You don't even necessarily have to be the one to, um, you know, if you're, if you don't feel like you are, um, strong enough in the word, but you can certainly lead them, 
you know, and then give them resources that can help them, such as these videos. There's other teachers of truth out there, you know, but make sure they're teachers of truth, okay? And, you know, you might never sit in the office of a, an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, a teacher, but, but you have influence. And, P.S., Christ has called believers to do his works. It's not reserved for, um, you know, for the leadership in a church building, but he did give apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to help equip and train the body of Christ to grow up into the things of God. But as far as doing the works of Christ, right? Jesus said in Mark 16, 16 through 18, he said, believers will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, right? We've got an obligation. We've got a responsibility to represent Jesus on this earth, no matter what we, you know, no matter what you do for a living in life. That's not who you are. Who you are is you're a son of God, right? You identify with Christ. What you do is maybe, you know, your function, but that's not who you are. So don't mistake that. And no matter what you're doing, do it to, unto the Lord, right? You can still have, God wants you to have that influence no matter what you do, right? If you're a cashier and you see someone, you know, at the register paying for, for something and they're having a bad day, you can light them up and say, hey, you know, or if you see that they're sick, you lay hands on them quickly. I mean, you know what? Oh, I have to be careful what I say sometimes, but not really because I speak from the heart. So, hey, if you're going to get fired... I don't think you will because you just say, hey, be healed in Jesus' name. If they go report you and you get fired, then God has something better for you, right? Blunt, I'm going to just say it. And I wouldn't hold back, but that's me. No way. We have a responsibility and we want to honor God before pe before man, right? Mm. Okay. Oh my gosh, we're almost out of time. Okay. Imitate God. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Imitate God in everything you do because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. Oh my gosh. Okay. I didn't even get to what I needed to get to tonight. But in chapter 6, verse 10 of Ephesians, Paul tells you and me to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. How do we do that? He tells us in the next verse. He says to put on all of God's armor, right? So that you'll be able to stand against all the strategies of the devil. Mm. So he makes it a point to say that we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. In other words, people are not our enemies. They're not, right? Flesh and blood are not our enemies. Sin, sickness, disease, those are enemies. Also, it says our enemies, it says right here, our enemies are the evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. We are to fight against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. But here's the deal. You can do that because Christ in you, Jesus has given you authority over all the power of the enemy, Luke 10, 19, and nothing shall by any means harm you, right? Listen, Jesus already defeated the devil. He's a defeated foe. It's done. And all you're doing, you get to enforce what Christ has already done. You don't have to fight per se. You just command. You just speak the way Jesus did. Jesus was our model. We do it like he did it and we get it done. And the Holy Spirit in you, that's your power. He knows how to get it done. 
but he needs you to speak and be that willing vessel to, to lay hands or to speak, to command. We don't beg God, right? God said, speak to that mountain and it'll be moved. Believe it, speak it, receive it. Mm, that's what we got to do. So then, okay, ever the armor of God, right? He says, tells us to put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. And then it says, after the battle, you'll be standing firm. He says, stand your ground having God's armor on you. All right, we only have like a minute, but let's just, the armor of God, quickly. The belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. Okay, so that tells me speak only the truth of God's word and let your life be the life of Christ living through you because that way your life is pleasing to God and the enemy has nothing to accuse you of. Nothing, right? He's the accuser. He'll have nothing to accuse you of. Can't hold anything against you. You're the righteous, right? In right standing with God because of your faith in Christ, because you're in Christ. For then number two, for your shoes, he said to put on peace that comes from the good news about Jesus so you'll be fully prepared. Remember, we don't fight against flesh and blood. We fight against rulers, authorities, and evil spirits. Mm. Sin, sickness, disease. Mm. That's what we fight against. Three, okay, in addition to these, he says to hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery darts of the devil. You got to know your position in Christ. He's given you all authority over the enemy, right? I, we talked about that. And nothing shall by any means harm you. That's Luke 10, 19. Number four, put on the, the, the salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Salvation, right, as your helmet means that you understand what Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection has done for you. This knowledge, right, it's become part of you and it literally is like a helmet and it prevents the enemy from attacking your thoughts the way he used to in the past. The helmet of salvation, understanding what Jesus purchased for you, right? The enemy has no, no claim over you and put on that helmet, guard yourself. So whatever lies the enemy's throwing at you, you're like, nope, you cast down those imaginations. You cast down every thought that tries to make itself higher, right? Than the word of God. That's second Corinthians 10, four and five. Okay. So it doesn't matter how hard the devil tries to lie to you and attack you, right? If you got to know that you're covered, but you have to make the effort to put on the full armor of God. It's easy, but you've got to do it. You've got to, you've got to do it. And then lastly, he says to pray in the spirit, right? Or in tongues at all times on every occasion, stay alert, be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Mm, you see something I'm just saying, yes, you could pray for people, you know, that they would know and grow, you know, in the love of God and all that. But wherever you see a crime of sickness, go and get rid of it. You do the work that Jesus did. We need to really walk in this. Okay. Oh boy. Oh boy. Okay. And remember praying in tongues is awesome. You don't know what you're saying. Your mind is unfruitful. However, that's the Holy Spirit praying through you. And I'm going to give you proof of that quick and then we're going to go. So you don't understand what you're saying, but you should ask and you can ask for the interpretation of it, right? Absolutely. Go for it. You can do that and God will give it to you. The good news is that the devil doesn't know what you're saying either and you're praying the perfect will of God. So let me give you the proof of that. Romans 8, 26, 27 says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts, right? God knows the mind of the Spirit 
because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Ooh, isn't that awesome? Yay, sure is. You know what? This has blessed me tonight just talking about it. We are totally out of time, but I really hope that this blessed you tonight. I am on fire right now. Is anybody else on fire right now? Oh my gosh. I feel like going and woo, running around the block. No. Um, but anyway, oh yay. I'm so glad this blessed you tonight. Be sure to share this on your social media, wherever you can, and let's advance God's kingdom together. You know, I always say that, but it's so true. If you've been touched, then others will be too. This is, you know, a resource of truth that can help people to transform their lives. And God knows that is what I want. That is what you want. And we need to work together. So I love you. I bless you in Jesus' name. Yes, fire. <laughs> I see it, fire. And, uh, and I will see you really soon again on The Victorious Life. So thank you and God bless you. And I'll see you soon. All right. Bye now.